Welcome to Bobby Osinski's Inner Circle. I'm Bobby Osinski, and this is a show all about music, music production, and the music business. I want to wish everyone a happy new year and a great and even better 2019. And speaking of 2019, that's what we're going to talk about. Once again, there's no guest because of the holiday, but here are some predictions and just some outlooks for 2019, both in the music business and in the audio business and the MI business side of things. So we'll talk a little bit about everything. Let's start with the music business. And here's a prediction. Apple Music almost catches Spotify next year in terms of the number of total subscribers. Right now, Spotify is at about 83 million paid subscribers. Apple Music is at 57 million. But the gap really closed last year, and it's going to close even more this coming year. One of the reasons why is in the United States, Spotify isn't growing as fast as it is in the rest of the world, but Apple is, and this is worldwide. So it should be interesting to see how that shakes out, but it looks like Apple Music is catching up. Won't catch up completely, but it will get a lot closer in terms of the total number of paid subscribers. Next prediction, Tencent Music will make its move. And what that means is Tencent Music just did an IPO in December. In other words, it went public, an initial public offering. Everyone had predicted, and I especially predicted, that it would be a huge public offering. They would turn around and use the proceeds to buy Spotify. Now, in fact, it was a rather modest $1.1 or $1.3 billion dollar offering. And it's not nearly enough to buy Spotify, although Tencent is a giant. They're somewhat like Google in China, and they got plenty of money. But I predict that what will happen is Tencent Music will buy Spotify at some point. Now, if the stock market doesn't recover, and especially tech stocks, that's not going to happen. But if we see an uptick and everything feels better in stock market, you might see that. If you don't see it in 2019, you might see it thereafter. Tencent Music is Chinese. They really look long into the future, so this might be something that they're contemplating. That might not happen this year, but will happen eventually. But I think Tencent Music is going to be the ones that end up with Spotify. Amazon Music was in the news a lot this last year. One of the big reasons is because of smart speaker growth. That will continue. Smart speakers are everywhere. Whether you love them or you hate them, they're pretty much taking over. Many people have several of them, one in every room. Now, that being said, the biggest beneficiary of that is Amazon Music. And in fact, voice activation is what has kicked Amazon Music into high gear. And we're going to see more of that in the coming year. Amazon Music will get stronger and stronger as a result of voice activation from the smart speaker. Another prediction, the billboard charts are going to mean less and less. And already their influence has really diminished over the last few years. To Billboard's credit, they're trying to actually change things and make it work better. So they've been incorporating streams and YouTube views and even social into the charts. But right now, there are fewer and fewer people that care about it. If you're at a record label, yeah, that's still the Bible, but that may not be one day soon. What replaced the Billboard charts 
are streaming charts, especially on the big services, Apple Music, Spotify. That means a lot more to artists. And it basically means a lot more in terms of overall revenue. See, once upon a time, the billboard charts really did have an influence on sales. And that was back in the physical days. Now we're no longer in physical music. So the billboard charts, which was the Bible for retailers, for record retailers, that doesn't matter anymore because there are fewer and fewer of them and they don't so much care about that. Everybody looks at the streaming charts. So you're going to see the billboard charts having even less influence in the coming year. Another prediction, major labels are going to lose their influence. And yeah, you might say this has been happening. More and more artists could care less about being on a major label. And one of the reasons why is you can get most of the major label services if you're willing to pay for it. So, in other words, if you want Warner Brothers radio promotion, all you have to do is go to Warner's and pay for that. And without signing a contract with Warner Brothers, you can get that particular service. So, every major label service is pretty much available to you if you have enough money. As a result, you're seeing artists care less and less about being on a major label, and they're very, very happy on indie labels, mostly because of the personal attention and the fact that major labels are corporate-driven, and the person that signed you may not be there next year if there's a regime change. So we're seeing the indie labels and do-it-yourself from managers are having a much greater effect on artists these days than those at the major labels. Now, don't discount major labels because they still have the infrastructure and they'll probably always have it in order to take a star to a global superstar level. That type of infrastructure is very hard to reinvent, so they're really good at that. So if you become a star, you reach a certain point and you want to go to the next one, that's probably the only way to do it. Next year, streaming services will remain unprofitable and I think we'll probably see a roll-up. So we're going to begin to see some of these services, the streaming services, being consolidated into some of the larger ones or there may even be a service that we're not aware of that might roll some of these up to become a bigger service. So what that means is if you look at all of the streaming services, and we'll forget about Apple Music and Google Play Music and Amazon Music as well, because what ends up happening is they're basically part of a bigger corporate entity of which music is very small. So we're just looking at the independent streaming services where that's their main business, just streaming music. The problem is there's only one of them, and that's Napster, believe it or not, that's profitable. And for all the success of Spotify, it's still losing huge amounts of money every year. This can only go on for so long. What we're going to start to see is a lot of these streaming services either go away or be consolidated. So my prediction is at the end of next year, there's going to be fewer music distribution services. I don't know if you've been reading about Article 13, but that's a potential European Union law that's really going to cause a lot of chaos, especially with YouTube, should it pass. And YouTube is actually playing hardball, trying to make sure that it doesn't pass. But if it does, and I predict that it will, you're going to see a lot of chaos on YouTube. And the reason why is that 
One of the things that YouTube has in its favor, at least in the United States, is the fair use laws. So in other words, anybody can copy some music and put it on their video and then upload it to YouTube. And YouTube says, it's not our fault. We have no responsibility for that. It's fair use. It's somebody else's responsibility. It's the end user that's doing the pirating and the uploading. Well, Article 13 changes all that and basically holds YouTube and services like YouTube to account. So they're responsible for their end users and what they upload. And this will really cause a big ripple in the music industry. And the reason why is all of a sudden you're going to see a purge of music videos. They're going to be gone. Even official music videos are going to be gone. And what we'll find is... Yes, a lot of artists, especially the biggest artists, are going to lose a good bit of revenue, but more than that, they're going to lose visibility. They're going to lose market reach, and that is going to be something that we're going to have to figure out how to get around. Now, again, this is only in Europe. It's not in the United States, but it doesn't matter because we're in a global economy no matter what anybody says, and what happens in one part of the world affects everywhere else. Artists are having more and more problem reaching their fans on social media. Now, the only way you can do it effectively on most of the platforms is to pay for it. So in other words, you promote a post or you use advertising. Many artists either can't afford it or are against it because of the principle of fact. As a result, we're going to see fewer artists use social media and we're going to start to see this now. The only platform that you're going to see artists on is Instagram. Instagram is still great for artists because most of the people that are on Instagram love music more so than most other platforms. That being said, Instagram is part of Facebook and you're going to see the ads. You're going to see the promotion. You're going to see the desire for profit seep into that service and change it a lot. So what we're going to see is the beginning of that. Maybe, I don't want to say it's the beginning of the end of social media, but it's the beginning of the end of relying on social media, especially to promote your music. Now, Concert promoters for a long time have feared the day when all of the musical legends from the 60s and 70s and 80s retired, either by choice or by force, one or the other. And the fear was, who's going to replace The Who and The Stones and Madonna and artists like that, especially in the biggest venues and stadiums? Well, it turns out last year was a turning point, and what we saw was the newer artists, the artists that are current, have the capability to actually fill those stadiums and to do better than even the legends are doing out on the road. So we're going to see more and more new faces when it comes to touring, and more of these new faces actually selling out. Not only the smaller venues, but the biggest venues on the planet. Something I just posted recently was how streaming changed song structure. The reason why that happened was back in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, when music was relying on radio to get the word out, there was long intros that we'd have and long fades in the outro. And that was mostly for the DJ to be able to speak over, to give the song an intro or to give the station another promo, whatever the case. Those long intros and those long fades were there for a reason. And now that radio 
doesn't have the same influence and most artists don't care much about it, they don't need those techniques any longer. And we've seen that happen on song after song after song over the last three, four years, five years even, where now there's no long intros and there's no fades. We have hard endings and we have intros that get to the point really fast. We get to the hook, we get to the chorus right on the downbeat. So things have changed a lot. We're going to see things change one more way, though, in 2019. We're going to see songs get shorter and shorter. And the reason for that is it's better for an artist to have someone listen to a song twice or three times than to have them listen to one long song. Because regardless of how long the song is, you only get paid for one stream, one listen. If someone loves a song so much that they'll listen to it two or three or four times, you'll get paid two or three or four times. So it behooves the artist to actually create shorter songs. I think you're going to start to see that. Already we don't see gratuitous guitar solos in the middle. Already some songs don't have an extra chorus on the outro. Some songs don't have a bridge. We're going to see more of that in the coming year. If you have any questions or comments, you can send them to questions at bobbyowenercircle.com. If you like the interviews on this podcast, the words of wisdoms of my guests have been compiled into a book called The Music Business Advice Book. In it, you'll hear the voices of experience on things like pushing your career forward or getting paid or social networking or much more. You can find The Music Business Advice Book on Amazon and in bookstores near you. Now let's get to the music side, intelligent plugins. We're going to see more AI, artificial intelligence in plugins. Isotope is kind of leading the way right now on this. FabFilter's catching up, but there are a lot of others out there that are now incorporating artificial intelligence techniques into plugins. And they're making smart plugins essentially, so you don't have to do a lot of work. So your ears don't have to be as attuned to things as was required in the past. Is this a good thing or a bad thing? Well, it's a good thing, I think, because even experienced mixers like AI plugins, because it saves them time. And let's face it, if we can save five minutes or 10 minutes or an hour on a mix, everybody's a lot happier. So what's going to happen is you're going to see more intelligent plugins, more smart plugins with more AI. And this will be across all of the different spectra of plugins. You're going to see it on compression. You're going to see it on EQ, which you already do. You're going to see it on effects like reverbs, like filters, like modulation, like delay. Smart plugins are the future. Now, speaking of AI, one of the things I think you're going to see as well is AI and speakers. The reason why I say that is I recently bought a new set of Sony noise-canceling headphones, which were wonderful, by the way. They work so well, I can't even tell you. It turns out there's AI in these headphones, and that takes the noise-canceling to the next level. Prepare to see artificial intelligence in your speakers, in your studio monitors, that will actually tune the monitor to the environment without having to go through a lot of the external processes that we do now in order to tune things. Look for this to come out in 2019, or at least to start to come out in 2019. We're starting to see a little bit of a commercial studio resurgence, 
And I think that's going to continue in the new year. In fact, what's happening is a lot of artists' home studios are going and used, and the artist is going to a commercial studio. Now, one of the reasons why is the budgets are back. Budgets are bigger, and they're going to get even bigger in 2019. And that means an artist can say, you know, being in my house was great, but it's actually too good because I'm working all the time. (laughs) And I'd rather go someplace else and work and then come home and relax. So now with bigger budgets, artists aren't forced to work at home and save money. We're seeing a lot of big artists put their home studios, put their homes and studios on the market. I mean, it's amazing the number of producers, the number of big songwriters, the number of big artists that are doing that. And I think a reason why is commercial studios are back. Commercial studios are great. When you go to a great studio, the level of service is something that can't be touched by a home studio or a small studio. Just can't because you're waited on hand and foot. Everything you need is there, and it's really comfortable. So we're going to see a resurgence. It may not be a big resurgence, but we're going to see a resurgence nonetheless in commercial studios. One trend that is kind of disturbing, but I think we're going to see more of, is more musical instrument and more audio manufacturers sell direct online. There's a couple reasons that they'll want to do that. Obviously, you make more money. You have a more direct connection with your customer, Manufacturers used to get that connection through the warranty. So you send in your warranty papers and then they knew much more about you. So it was more information gathering sometimes than anything. But that being said, there are fewer and fewer dealers, especially local dealers. So manufacturers are starting to say, well, you know, we should just do this ourselves. Now we have big dealers like Guitar Center, which has a big online presence, and Sweetwater, they're obviously way, way, way against this. So we're going to start to see a war that's going to happen between those big retailers that have an online presence and maybe the smaller manufacturers that try to do everything online. One of the reasons why that might be difficult is the politics of it. The sales that especially a small manufacturer can get through Guitar Center and or Sweetwater are so significant that that might be enough to discourage them from doing that. But I think you'll see other ones that say, well, I'm not in there anyway, so I'm going to do that and start the trend. And that is going to really change things on how we buy our equipment. Already we buy a lot on Amazon and we like buying on Amazon. We like buying it online. It's a drag sometimes to go buy something that you know you need to buy, but you have to travel in order to get it. Now, one of the things that dealers do is they allow you to try before you buy, especially speakers. You can go audition speakers that you can never do otherwise, especially if you're only buying online. So if you're near a dealer, that's worth its weight in gold. If you're not, in fact, then... It really doesn't matter, but I think we're going to see this battle between the big online retailers and the smaller manufacturers that want to go online. That being said, we might also start to see some music stores popping up, some mom-and-pop brick-and-mortar music stores, again, because there are wide portions of the country that are not serviced by a local music store. And people are still playing music, people are still buying gear, People still want to try instruments out, and a music store is the only place to do that. So look for that to happen as well. So I gave you a lot to think about on what might happen in 2019. Many of these things that we talked about were based on trends coming from 2018 and before. 
some of the things are looking into the crystal ball and how this could all work. Take notice, I didn't even mention Gibson or Avid or Guitar Center, especially their financial positions. And the reason why is those stories have been talked about to death, especially by me. Things are actually smoothing out for all those three companies, and I think we're going to see a market that's a little more stable than we have in the past. It looks to be getting that way, and hopefully it will stay that way through 2019. On the podcast, I have lots of great guests lined up that you're going to love. And as in previous years, we're going to look at producers and engineers and manufacturers and people from parts of the music industry that you might not be aware of, but are really important to the overall scheme of things. So there's a lot to look forward to in 2019. Thanks for listening and being in my inner circle. Remember, if you have any questions or comments, you can send them to questions at bobbyownercircle.com. To listen to other episodes of Bobby Osinski's Inner Circle, go to bobbyosinski.com and select the podcast tab, or go to bobbyownercircle.com, or find it on iTunes, Stitcher, Mixcloud, Google Play, Google Podcasts, and now on Spotify. At bobbyosinski.com and bobbyownercircle.com, you'll also find a sign-up form for my newsletter and for alerts for new podcasts. This is Bobby Osinski. Happy New Year, have a great 2019, and I will see you next time.